1: And as you all know, that when you listen in, you're going to get a variety of ahas, insights, tips, and how-tos for you as an author, for your book, for your publishing and marketing success. And one of those things that leads into success is actually, how about this, completing your book? Always a good idea. With me is uh, a guest who we've had before to our pleasure um, and to and, and and I will say delight. How's that sound? <laughs> and yeah <laughs> Dan Janelle is back and Dan, Dan has so many hats that he has worn um, uh, through through the years that I have known him. But Dan is an author. He is an expert in uh, publicity. He is an expert on how to get off your tush and write your book incredibly fast. He was a visionary behind the marketing startup of a little company called AOL. But he works with top business leaders who want to elevate their reputations and set them apart from their competition. That is you, dear author. How do you set yourself apart. He's also a book coach, a developmental editor, he ghostwrites, he shapes stories and strategies that can transform you, your book, your career, and your business. So no matter where you are in the book writing process, Dan is here to help. He's the author of Write Your Book in a Flash, and that we are going to jump into some of the elements of it, Um, And and just to do a little name dropping, Dan has also interviewed folks like, oh, former President Gerald Ford, First Lady Barbara Bush. Um, So he's been there. He's done that. Dan, welcome back to the show.
2: Thank you, Judith. It's a pleasure to be back here, and I love how you turned my intro into a "What's in it for you?" <laughs> the audience. That is brilliant. I've never heard that done. I always learn something new when I listen to Judith Bryle, so <laughs> this is fantastic. Uh, I just wish I could attend some of your barbecues uh, at your home. I don't know any other book coach or editor or publisher who extends that level of uh, their their personal lives to their yeah, to their readers and their their followers. So I wish I lived close. To you in Denver, uh, so I could attend one of those. That's a very generous offer. And thank you for having me on your show.
1: You are so welcome. And, and you know what Dan's referring to is that authors who are in my circle here, and my circle is Colorado, you know, physical circles, Colorado. So I do once a year a, a, sh- a schmooze fest. There is no agenda. There's no nothing. I do the cooking, showing up. Um, and, and this year, everyone had to be vaccinated. That's a rule vaccinated, but we had a great time, so it's it's great. All right, Dan, let's, let's just kind of jump into it. This is our topic today is um something that is near and dear to my heart because in fact you will love this. I had a discussion um before you and I, you know, we we came on the air together with a bookstore owner. And they it's a new it's a new bookstore here in Colorado and they're gonna do a little Uh, Book signing um, and have tables for uh, authors and local authors and books. So I reached out because one of my authors is going there and see if there's any more room. Because I, you know, Dan, I like to pitch other authors when I can. So I was able to secure three more spots on that. But she she went on about um, uh, she's insisting everything comes from Ingram. I understand that they do this distribution, but and. And one of the authors is a children's author, and I was trying to share with her some of the real true challenges that we are seeing from the quality of printing, especially with children's books that come from Ingram in their print-on-demand side. Uh, Significantly different, actually, from the Amazon's KDP. Significantly different on the print-on-demand versus the real offset. And and she was she was clueless that there was a difference, clueless that there she was a difference. So that was interesting as we started our um, education, if at all, I guess. I don't know. Do you run into any of this and what you do?
2: Uh, I'm mainly focused on getting the ideas out of a person's head and into paper. And then I work with people like you to turn that manuscript into a book. And no one knows more about the ins and outs of the quality of publishing and all the hundreds of steps that go into the uh, the production of a book than you do, but I'd like to talk about how people can actually finish their book. You know, there are a lot of people out there, a lot of authors, a lot of uh, books out there that say how to write your book. In fact, I wrote a book, "How to Write Your Book in a Flash," and I realized that was a very crowded marketplace. Everyone wants to write a book, but here's the real secret:
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: lots of people don't finish their books. Uh, They're they're hung up by any number of reasons, but there are a lot of people out there who have great ideas. They might have written a first draft, uh, and those books are gathering digital dust on a hard drive because people aren't finishing them for any number of reasons, and that's what I help people overcome.
1: Oh, Dan, I love the phrase. I have written it down as you said it. And, and it's like, it's like a happy dance, the digital dust, <laughs> Di- the digital, is your book guilty of earning a degree in digital dust? Literally, <laughs> literally. Um, and that's it. 80, 80 plus percent of the population says there's a book in them. Now, Dan, I also say, should it be allowed out? That That's another issue. Um
2: <laughs> <laughs> well let's assume this book should be allowed out. Let's assume that we have business owners who are listening on this show who are saying, yeah, you know, I started writing this, but I got busy, COVID, whatever, personal reasons, family reasons, things happen. I understand that, but there are are a number of reasons that i found that people just put these roadblocks in front of themselves. You know, they may say things like, oh, uh, I have to get a big New York publisher to publish my book. And you and I both know that's not true, because self-publishing is very, very well-respected today, and they can go to people like you to get their books uh, published and distributed. But right. I also find that people are, are talking themselves out of it because they don't have the self-confidence. You know, the imposter syndrome is so, so big in the world today. People have this, uh, well, when I was younger, we called it the inferiority complex. Now it's <laughs> of a fancy highfalutin name <laughs> called the imposter syndrome. Uh, you know, kudos to the person who created that term. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you. But it
1: Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the difference between in, inferiority complexes is this. You know, I'm just. You know, I'm not good enough. When I think of an imposter, you're a phony. It's not. It has nothing to do being. With not good enough that i I don't have the stuff I mean i have I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with authors Dan who who literally it starts off well i you know I only had one semester at community college. gag me when you run a multimillion dollar corporation <laughs> when you have pulled it out of the pits when there was internal sabotage going on. Let me tell you, darling, you've got the advanced degree. In anything, I'd rather listen to you than some dodo who has a degree that's never been in the trenches. Police.
2: Exactly. And that's what I tell my clients who give me that same lame excuse. Oh, Professor Smith is the expert on this. He teaches at Harvard. Who am I? Well, you <clears> have a degree in hard knocks that, you know, 10 years, five years experience working in the trenches with people. You have solutions. You have ideas. You can solve people's problems. And let me tell the readers a tip. The only reason someone wants to read your book is to solve their problems. Problems. Yes. If you can write a book that solves people's problems, your phone will never stop ringing with offers for you to get more business, more speaking, more consulting, and more coaching. It is a gateway. So don't talk yourself out of it.
1: Uh, I'm so glad you said that. You know, it's not money that makes the world go around its problems. And that If you can solve a problem, which means for us, our fiction writers who are out there, authors, is that you are solving a problem. It's, you know, getting rid of boredom. It's you're delivering entertainment. Um, And I'll tell you, I find amazing ideas in fiction. I that works because I'm a nonfiction writer, but I find amazing ideas. And, and, And if I can digress, I have to tell a story about a phenomenal photographer. Uh, John Fielder, Fielder, who was in search in search of a map to get to this oddball location somewhere in Colorado um, th- that he wa- needed to film for his next uh, landscape type of book. He stopped off in a little little general store. In that little general store, Dan, was one of Louis L'Amour's fiction books. It, he bought it. And inside that book happened to be the map to the place that he was looking for.
2: (laughs) You can't make this stuff up, can you? (laughs) No,
1: no. I mean, is that not cool or what?
2: (laughs) I I loved it. it And, you know, frankly, you hit on a really important point I think a lot of our listeners need to know is that they say, gee, I'm not a good writer, Uh, I don't write well enough. You know, my fifth grade teacher gave me an essay back and it was all written in red with red ink and whatever. So (laughs) it it, it tells them they're not a writer. But I think, you know, when I write, I read John Steinbeck and I love the way he writes. And there's something about Steinbeck that when I read what he writes, it influences the way I write. So just like your reader found the map to his solution, I think a lot of people on this call can find their voice by taking their favorite author and saying – That's what I want to sound like. And your subconscious starts to mimic that voice. And then you sound like a professional writer because Ah. you're you're copying from the best. You're not really copying, but somehow they're inspiring you. That's a better word. They're inspiring you and your voice.
1: All right. Hold that thought. We're we're with the fabulous Dan Janelle. We're going to have so much more for you. We'll be right back.
0: This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Briles, and we'll be right back with more great information right after these.
3: Is there a book in you, or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out. You will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative no matter where you live. AuthorU brings in national experts for its book camps and annual U extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through AuthorU's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. Author you is the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author You is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms, and it is free. Discover Author You, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join to AuthorU today at AuthorU.org. You
0: Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book. If you want to be successful as an author. Your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Riles.
1: Right, with me is Dan uh, Janelle. He's a book coach. He has a wonderful book, How to Write a Book in a the, in the Flash. Did I say that right, Dan? How
2: to Write Your Book in a Flash.
1: Okay. How to Write Your Book in a Flash. Um, and, and we've already started kissing on a variety of different things um, that that, uh, you know, so many people just uh, end up in digital dust. I think my new favorite phrase, at least for today, <laughs> <laughs> because they never get cross that finish line. It's like I, I often say, Dan, you know, it's kind of like one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, three to get ready, three to get ready, <laughs> three to get ready and you never go. Um, and so, but what you're talking about is one for the money, two for the show, two for the show, two for the show. I'll never show it to anyone (laughs) because I'm so afraid.
2: Yeah. You know, we we talked about the idea of the imposter syndrome or the inferiority complex. I think we've, we've crossed that bridge. So people say, what else stops people? writing their book. And I think part of it is that they don't know about the publishing. And I'm sure you've gone to the whole idea of self-publishing and and all that stuff. So we won't go there. But I think after the publishing is like, how do you sell the book? How do you market the book? And I want to give a simple, simple solution. how business professionals can sell their books. Now, this does not apply for fiction. This does not apply for poetry or memoir, but it applies strictly for the business people who are writing a book to get more business. That's what I Mm -hmm. focus on. And there are two strategies. Here's the one that doesn't work. It's called the hope strategy. And it Mm -hmm. goes something like this. I hope Uh, someone reads my press release. I hope someone reviews my book. I hope someone reads the review of my book and buys my book. I hope that someone goes into Barnes and Noble and sees my book standing out from all the 17,000 other books that are standing with their spine out. I hope they pick up the book. I hope they buy the book. I hope they read the book. I hope they realize that I can help them. I hope they call me. Hope, 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 hope. That's a lot of steps. And I got to tell you, it doesn't work. Here's it works. And it's simple you find out who your target reader is, that you might might read about them in your trade publications, they might write blogs, and they're going to talk about their problems. And you can send your book to that person and say, I noticed in your latest blog or in your interview in the Wall Street Journal or in the trade newspaper that you're having a problem with employee retention. Well, chapter four of my book talks about how you can retain employees and have an engaging workspace. Why don't you take a look at it? And if you think we're a good fit, let's have a conversation where I can come in and consult with you or speak to your people or speak at your conference, and um, we can do it. We, we can we can help each other. That's how you get business. So you are not waiting and hoping that they find you. You are proactive in searching out for your target audience, your best people, the people you like to work with, the people who can afford to hire you. And then your book really has a massive ROI, and that gets you inspired to write your book.
1: You know, Dan, I have said for, <clears throat> I, 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 I tell the cows come home, literally, that you have to know exactly, exactly who you are writing for. And the kiss of death when someone says, well, everyone should be reading my book. <laughs> no, they shouldn't. No, 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 no. Um, they and the, truly, the more you understand the the power of of the niche factor, of where you can really drill down, you know exactly where it is. It absolutely ends up going vertical because then they start talking to their pals, and they start doing that. And I and I love what you just said. That when you're looking at blogs or you see an article, uh, you used a business, a business type book in, in the area. So whether you see it in Forbes or Inc. or 2.0 or, uh, you know, any of these other, uh, the Wall Street Journal or Business Week, Newsweek, anything online even. What you're seeing where it is, you can see what they're writing about. Just go, look, go to the table of contents. Is The problem is going to be in the title, folks. It's in the it's in the title and read it. And if you can see your book again, this is for our business book, people nonfiction that if you can see your that, you know, that you can, hey, help out a little bit. The reaching out is a brilliant idea. Brilliant idea.
2: And it's so easy and simple to do. And this way, you're not waiting for the phone to ring. You're not waiting for that email to come across your desk. It really makes a big, big difference. And, you know, we focused on the who, but here's Mm -hmm. the big question. The first question you should ask yourself why you're not writing the book And is like, why am I writing the book? Because if you are not clear on your why, then nothing, no book coach, no developmental editor, no one can 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 get you to write your book except you and that's because you need to see your big vision what Mm -hmm. is the reason why you're writing the book it could be different for everyone for some people it's like hey i want to make a lot of money for other people i want to make a difference in the world for other people i want to leave a lasting legacy uh there could be many 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 other reasons for writing a book but if you're not clear about that and if you're not excited Mm -hmm. about that then the book is never going to get done. You have to, because let's face it, writing a book is, is hard. It takes time. It takes effort. It's, uh, it doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> um, and to keep you going through those long, difficult periods when the inspiration is not there, you need to be focusing on your big why, because that is going to propel you through those little dips and gaps of inspiration when, uh, and, and, and get you to the finish line.
1: All right. So I'm going to continue in Dan's channel of the because he does work with a a lot of business, a lot of pros out there in getting their books, whether he is, you know, taking what they've done, their chicken scratch (laughs) and turning it into into taking it out of the digital dust and turning it into um, magic or he's doing he's got his uh, true writing cap on and he's going to ghost the thing. Um, that their their why their why is often not going to be well. I want everyone to know my story. The why is to often be a a what we call a magnet, a lead magnet to bring more business to let people know. Would you say that's true? What your experience is, Dan?
2: Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. I have clients who actually almost give the book away for free just for shipping. It's a yes. lead magnet. And that way they get people, they get their email address, they form a relationship. In fact, one of the people that I interviewed on my podcast told me that she uses her book to weed out People who are bad prospects, and to retain the people who are good prospects, because she gives away the store. She she's a brand naming expert. She names products and and uh, and and companies, and her process is totally different than everyone else's. So if you're mm-hmm. a medical company with Prilosec and Xilinx and things mm-hmm. that look like they came out of like the Latin dictionary or the the ancient Greek dictionary, you can't even pronounce or spell these words. That's not her. <laughs> she, she she creates products like the Baconator and kiss my face and spoon me which is a yogurt company in Utah you know she has fun names so if you read her book and say I want to have a company that has a fun name and a fun product. You're going to hire her. If mm-hmm. you're working for the stodgy medical company that wants to have the name that looks like it came out of you know Aristotle's uh, playbook when he was talking <laughs> to Socrates uh, and they're having dinner with Hippocrates, uh, you're not going to hire her. Which is great for everyone because you can't work with everyone. You want to work with the people you know, uh, or who are fun to work with, who have problems that you love to solve and can afford to pay you. If they have a different philosophy than you do, then you're wasting your time, you're wasting their time. So a book can actually be a great tool in prospecting. So you do attract the right people and you repel the wrong people. So that's another reason to write a book.
1: Well, I, I think I, I love the word repel. Oh, I'm having so <laughs> much fun with words today.
2: Um, <laughs> that's what we do. We're wordsmiths. We, <laughs> we are word stars.
1: We are wordsmiths, yeah. Oh, and stars. I like word stars. All right. So the the power of the word, but the repelling that a lot of people think a lot of numbers count. You know what? They don't unless they're the right numbers. Only if they're the right numbers. So it's really going out, you, you as an author and an author to be, you need to become a hunter and gatherer. And who who's out here? who, who who's who's that who? You're going to get that why. Why am I writing this book? What What am I bringing to the party for everybody? And, and you've got to start the hunting. And, you know, for me, Dan, one of the things I have to bang on all the time, because it's going to go back to uh, year number four tip was, I, you know, I don't know how to sell. I don't know how to market. Um, and actually, we should, maybe we should say, I don't want to market my book. Mm. I don't want to, you know, because that's really a biggie. They, they don't want to do it they just want to write
2: yeah well that's that's I guess where you, you can hire people um
1: to not it doesn't work real public, well yeah but it, it doesn't, doesn't really
2: work yeah no yeah. no yeah. this
1: the single best marketer is you always yeah, every, I mean
2: and every publisher will tell you that too uh, I'm sure you've had publishers on your podcast who say we expect the author to do the heavy lifting. We expect them Absolutely. to do the marketing. In fact, when I talk to publishers these days, uh, they have what they call the, the shared risk model, which I think is wonderful. We talk about words. Oh. They, they, they expect you, if you, to, if you talk to a New York publisher, they will expect you to buy 7,000 copies of your book at about $5 a piece or 5,000 copies at $7 a piece, whatever, over uh, in order to print your book. And That's what they call the shared risk. Well, I'm not quite sure where the sharing comes in. It looks like you're taking $35,000 worth of risk and (laughs) not taking any risk because you and I both know it doesn't cost $35,000 to produce a book. It costs a lot less. It does cost money, but it doesn't cost $35,000. So you can self-publish your book. And then you do all the marketing, and you, here's the beauty. You get to keep all the royalties. You get to keep all the sales. It's all yours. You're not sharing it with anyone. You know, I was uh, listening to a podcast the other day with a very famous author. I won't mention his name. He has sold literally half a million copies of his book, which is like friggin' phenomenal.
3: Mm-hmm. I thought,
2: wow, he must be rolling in the dough. But he was pitching a program afterwards, and I was thinking to myself, Man, you sold half a million copies of a book. You must be like you're so rich. Why are you even bothering? And mm-hmm. then a friend of mine worked out the math, and she said something like this: You know, an author maybe makes two dollars royalty on a book, and he has a co-author, so he made a dollar royalty. So you have five hundred thousand dollars over ten years. That's not a lot of money when you come mm. to it. It's, it's it's a nice base. Don't get me wrong, but it's nothing to retire on. It, so it, it, you have to constantly market. Everyone does. It, you do.
1: I'm gonna. I'm, we're gonna. We're like ninety seconds away from our next break. I, I'm gonna add to that. Um, you're not gonna make two bucks a book. Let me just say, if you're any with with a traditional market, you will get. For the first 10,000 copies, and he sold a half a million. So he's getting like 15% at that rate, 15%. But let's say his book is $20 a book, All right? He's get, he gets his 15% on the net. He, his net is around 45%. There's going to be a 55% discount. The net is based on what the publisher gets. So now we're going to chop it in half. It's around $9 a book. He gets 15. He's going to make about $1.35 a book at that level. Most people, 10,000 books and under, if you're of New York, by the way, the average book sale in New York today is 5,000 total books, 5,000, 90% of books sold out of New York publishers, only 5,000 copies. The math is you net 3,000. We'll be right back.
0: This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Briles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these.
3: Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Briles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Briles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event.
2: Congratulations on getting your book published. The effort you put into your work is truly commendable. But what's next? What will happen to all the knowledge you have worked so hard to acquire to produce your book? Here at TogiNet Radio, we can provide you a platform to keep your knowledge working for you through the power of podcast. The subjects our podcast cover are as varied as the grains of sand on a beach. From life coaching to military resources to business success even to the paranormal. We have a place for everyone. To get started on your next step, call Scott at 903-787-5880 or email him at scott at toginetradio.com that's s-c-o-t-t at t-o-g-i-n-e-t-r-a-d-i-o
0: dot com welcome back to your guide to book publishing Everything you want to know, but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles.
1: All right, here with me is Dan Janelle, who I've always loved to talk with Dan, and I keep thinking, why don't we play more together? Oh, because he lives in Minnesota. Okay, so. But anyway, that um, it, the, it's the reality and the and the truly the bottom line where he was referring to the author who sold a half a million copies and he must be rolling in dough. The reality is by the time you get down to the net, 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 net and what Dan and I figured out, which we will not say who it is, what it is, what publishers involved, they are lucky to be getting 30 cents a book. Okay, then so now we're talking about marketing and that's the key. You have to mark I, I cannot say this more times. You have to learn how to trust what you do and get out there and be willing to tell the world about it, whoever your world is, and why it'll benefit with them, how you solve their problems. Dan, let's do a transition. Let's talk about getting the book there. So what, what's this thing called developmental editing?
2: Or, you know, a lot of people have never heard that term before. They know about proofreaders, they know about copy editors, mm-hmm. and I like to use an analogy. You know, like let's pretend you're going on a TV show, and I'm sure a lot of people on the, who are listening have gone on TV shows. And if you haven't, you've probably seen movies and television shows where someone is sitting in the green room. They're about to go on a show, and uh, this woman comes over and applies the makeup. Well, that's the copy editor. They're making you look good. They're taking you rid of, getting rid your your, your your wrinkles and your brown spots and all that other stuff. They're making you look good. That's a copy editor. And then it's about a minute before the show and you're sweating a little bit. Another another person comes over and uh, she's putting like some powder and foundation on you or whatever, you know, to to get rid of the, the little perspiration and, and all that. And, you know, that's the proofreader. They're making sure that all the periods are there, all the commas in the right place. The numbers line up. You know, if you say you have five tips, they make sure that you have to like one, two, three, four. <laughs> oh, there's five. OK, good. OK, yeah, good. So then the producer comes over and says, OK, you're on. Let's go. And you get up and you walk into the studio and you see the bright lights and you see the cameras and you see the audience and you see the the host and you're saying, Oh my God, what am I gonna talk about? Well, that's where the developmental editor comes in, but they come in at the very beginning because they're the ones who help you shape your ideas. They see what you don't see, and they make your ideas better. I was working with one, uh, one author recently. He's a former NFL player, and he was writing a book for college athletes on how to succeed in the real world. And mm-hmm. he had an outline. It was a really good outline about how to be inspired and how to uh, do all the right things and, and all that good stuff, and we were just chatting one day, and he said, you know, I wish students would." Take more advantage of the placement office. And I said, placement office? What's that? I said, oh, every college uh, athletic department has a placement office for their student athletes so they can get jobs after school. I said, oh wow, that's really interesting. You know, I don't see that in the outline for your book. Do you think we should include that? He's like, oh yeah, what a good idea. <laughs> you know, he was so close. To his material, he couldn't see the forest for the trees. So that's just one of the many, many ways that a developmental editor can come in and help you make your ideas better, because they see things that you don't see. I was working with another woman who was writing a self-help book for women, and this is a fascinating story. Her audience were women between the ages of 35 and 50 who have children who no longer need them. And you say, what? Children who no longer need their mothers, how could that possibly be? Well, when they're six years old, it's, Mommy, come here. Mommy, I need you. Mommy, help me. When they're 16 years old, it's, hey, Mom, give me some space. Leave me alone. Don't leave the door. Hit you on the way out. So she knew her audience. But let's face it, all self-help books are basically the same. You know, breathe, eat, write, meditate, walk, get exercise, yada, yada, yada. Okay, what makes it different are your stories.
3: So in the Mm -hmm. middle of Chapter Mm -hmm. 3...
2: There was this story with a subhead that went something like this. The subhead said, excuse me for being gross. And the story went something like this. Mm. I have this earthworm emerging from my belly. It's (laughs) a quarter of an inch wide and four inches long. It's my stretch mark. It shows where I gained 180 pounds bearing four children. And I lost all but 20 of those pounds but i wear it as a badge of honor because it shows that i brought forth four great kids who are going to make a difference in this world love it and i Exactly. I said, Amber, this is your signature story and you're burying it in chapter three. We got to move this up front. And she readily Mm -hmm. agreed. She thought it was great. I thought this is perfect Mm because every person who is in her target audience has been in this situation. They're all mothers um, and they might have stretch marks and they all gained weight. And let's face it, uh, everyone has trouble losing that last 20 pounds, including men. So it's bound to make her seem real and authentic. So we put that in the front of the book, and then I had this inspiration. And this is where a really excellent developmental editor separates themselves from the average developmental editor. We put it in the front of the book, and I said, Amber, I have this idea. Because right now her book was called, like, you know, you know, get your life together or have an inspired life, whatever. You know, Amber's, you know, the five-step Amber method. You know, A stands for mm. this, M stands for that, mm. B stands yeah. for whatever. Okay, no
1: boring. problem. boring, boring, boring.
2: Yeah, uh, tra- traditional but boring. No no, but you have to have a starting point. No problem. So I said Amber, what better name for a book that talks about going beyond your boundaries, pushing the envelope, painting outside the lines than stretch marks.
1: God, you do you know I knew that's what you were going to say Dan. I knew. Okay, so so yeah.
2: so, so
1: here's where I'm seeing Amber um, if that's her name, I've seen Amber coming on a stage with like mm-hmm. a tape with a tape measure. and I would <laughs> OK, to say, because see, this is what I take my developmental editing that I work in because I'm going to turn it into a speech. And I, I could see her coming on the stage with a tape measure. And as she's talking and, and I would have it at my waist, like the belly button, that's what we're doing here. And I would have it, and I would start pulling it out just a little bit at a time, just a little bit at a time. With each step, each segment, and her audience. When she comes back, that's the opening story from the stage. The opening stories, and and she can ask, "Where are your stretch marks? Where, where you know where where." Is your success at what? what inch? You know, you could do you could do so much visually with that that would just mm, sink in and stick to the audience visually in their mind.
2: That is brilliant. You know, you know, you you might people on listening say so like that's really great, but I'm really not a speaker. That's okay. Amber isn't a speaker either. She runs she runs women's retreats. So for those of you listening who are in the retreat business and the seminar business, um, you can write a book to help promote you to mo- promote that kind of business for you. Because let's face it, some people are afraid to speak in public. So <laughs> I want to say there are a lot of other reasons to write a book. It really does work. Uh, you know, I was just talking to uh, another one of my developmental editing clients today, and uh, he has a name that uh, means something in another language. And I said, this is fantastic, because he explained what his name meant. His first name meant heart, and his last name meant Master. And I thought, oh, wow, he's writing a leadership book. This is a perfect tagline for his branding, you know, where the heart meets your mind or your mind Mm -hmm. meets your heart. Either Mm way, it it works, but that's Mm -hmm. what a good developmental editor can bring to the table. So, yeah, they look at your stories, and I've worked with other people who who tell stories that may not prove the points that they thought they were making (laughs) because they're too close to the fact, Mm -hmm. or copy editing or proofreading. That's really not what a developmental editor does, but I've I've worked with uh, my clients who say that they've gotten a course in writing. Because I point out what was weak and what could be made better, uh, yeah. but the really good developmental letters see a picture that you don't see, and they not only do they read between the lines, so to speak, they see things that you don't see because we've read so many other books, we've worked with so many other people, and so many other industries and environments so we can pick and choose and learn from those industries and then bring it to you so you get the best of all worlds
1: well the other factor also dan is that every every author I, i don't care how many books you've written um or if this is your your little toe going into the water for the first time is you're you're so close to it that you you don't see Um, Mm -hmm. and that when you have someone coming in with fresh eyes, um, and are, you know, and, and the fresh read they're they're going to come automatically pull something out. You know, as you were talking, telling about Amber's story, I was already at the stretch marks before you, you, (laughs) you, I, I was there. Um, and going that, and some now some
2: of us are intuitive, bro, uh, Judith. Intuitive people are like the best. Yeah, <laughs> we live and, in the world of ideas, and that's what it, turns it, us on.
1: We do, and and I, I'm putting her on the stage, so she's running retreats. Great, let's market your retreat, sweetheart. Get out there, and let's say, <laughs> how, you know, how do yours measure up? You know, and and then go back. Anyway, you could have so much fun. That what's we, you know, what we're telling all of you, you can have fun. This is fun. Um, yeah,
2: you know, I, I when we get into blend. this. I'm sorry for overriding you. When I spoke, I heard Ken Blanchard speak. He he, he noted a writer's conference that I was at, and I went up to him Mm -hmm. afterwards, and he said that he wrote 70 books, all of them with co-authors. And I Mm -hmm. went up to him during the break, and I said, why did you write 70 books with co-authors? You're brilliant. You could do this all yourself. And he Mm -hmm. said, I learn so much from other people. Now, isn't that humble? Isn't that, you know, Ken Blanchard, Mm -hmm. the one-minute manager who, she's the the man who sold more books than than anyone and yet he he learns from other people. I think that's what authors can do when they work with a developmental editor. They learn so much about their ideas. I'm working with a chiropractor now who's uh, who's doing some really, really good work, but we're going back and forth on ideas because I'm not a chiropractor. I'm not in the wellness industry, but I know enough to, I don't want to say be skeptical, but to push back Mm -hmm. professionally and respectfully because some people would – would push back, and we have to address those issues because people mm-hmm. are gonna read the book with, and you have to be prepared mm-hmm. for those kinds of crit- possible criticisms or possible um, objections. So we want to address that so people can see you as the true expert that you are because you are handling all of those issues and obviously like sales objections that you would expect to have in a sales call. You need to answer those questions in a book too. So I think it's really important to work with the developmental editor because another myth about writing is that oh the myth of the lonely writer you have to work alone in a Ah. a garret and whatever no writing is a team exercise it's a community sport you need people to help you to guide you along the way
1: all right and with that said we're going to take our final break but here's what i want dan that when we come back with dan janelle and his wisdom let's talk about ways to get you across that finish line you know, that and and I'm also a huge believer and we're going to come back to the coaching because I do the coaching, too, that there is not a professional athlete who doesn't have a coach out there. Why don't you? My question. We'll be right back. I always love to spend time with smart people and people who understand publishing, which is kind of my passion. That's my purpose, um, showing people how to get their words out there successfully so they look smart, they look sharp, they present well. And then, you know, teaching them how to do that, presenting to support that and so they can make money and sell far more, far more than the average self-published author sales, which was, by the way, 100 books, all right? So, with that said, we want to get you across the finish line. Um, So, Dan has given us some great, Dan Janelle has given us some great things about why people get stuck from roadblocks, their lack of own internal confidence, that they really don't get the publishing business and what's expected, Um, they don't know how to sell, and they didn't really... Really articulate the why of what they were doing. Why did they want to go to the surround? Let's say you got all those things together. How do we get you across the finish line, Dan? Where are we going to start?
2: Okay, let's start uh, where we left off the last commercial break. It takes a village to write a book. It really yes, really it does. does. Yeah, and that starts with a coach. And you say, why don't more people have book coaches or developmental letters? And frankly, between you and me and everyone listening. I don't know where book coaching ends and developmental editing begins. Maybe other people do, but I lump mm-hmm. them all together because you need a coach to hold you accountable, mm-hmm. to give you feedback on your ideas. Uh, so th- that, that's where book coaching and developmental editing intersect. In fact, I started mm-hmm. the mastermind group mm-hmm. for book coaches mm-hmm. and developmental editors, which is something that you and I can talk about privately. But in any case, mm. when, when you have those people on your team at the very start, then you know that you're going to have a good flight plan, so to speak. You're going to have a good outline. And I tell people you'll never face the, the blank page syndrome or writer's block, as they call it, mm-hmm. if you have a good outline. So if you can think of, say, eight problems that you like to solve, that's the, that's the core of your book, uh, the first chapter. Get, it tells your your signature story, so they get to know, like, and trust you. And the last chapter is your call to action chapter, so they can say, well, here are all the things we do. Here's how you can work with me and take it further. So that's your book. And then if you have a detailed outline, then every single day when you go to write your book, you're going to know what you, what, what you can write about because there are so many options. And I say options. Uh so some days we all have biorhythms. Some days you want to tackle the tiger and some days you, you can barely stay awake. Well on those days you say, Well I can have quotes at the beginning of my book. I'll just go to Brainy Quote and uh get some quotes here some inspirational quotes for these chapters and then I'll call it a day. That's fine. And on other days you say, Wow, I really am inspired to write this this great story or this great uh idea. That's when you write those. And in that way, you will finish your book. And I guarantee that anyone can write a book in four months if you spend 15 minutes a day to mm-hmm. write 250 words. If you do the math, that's 20,000 words. That's all a book needs to be today. It does not yes. have to be this 40,000 word or 400 page opus. No one wants to read that stuff. Uh, I tell people that people want to read a book when they get on, they, they want to start a book when they get on a plane in New York and finish it by the time they they land in, in Los Angeles, and I said this on a show one time, and someone interrupted me, and they said, no, 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 they want to finish the book uh, by the time they cross over Chicago, <laughs> and I, yeah. I think they're right.
1: <laughs> it's true, so, yes.
2: So we're yeah. talking about a 20,000-word book. So the book coach and the development letter can help you keep you on track and give you feedback to make sure that you're doing it right so you don't get off on the wrong foot. Um, uh, a client the other day sent me his first draft, and without any book coaching, without any developmental he just did it on his own in fact, it was revision twenty three in the mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. in the in the file name and I looked at it and it was like it was garbage it was <laughs> it was so bad and uh, i mean w- words were capitalized in the middle of sentences for no good reason um he, he It was a financial thing, and he kept on using these terms these two terms interchangeably when they were different terms. And I, I wrote uh-huh. back to him and said, you know, this book is not ready for publication and I told him the reasons why. And I mentioned that very thing about this the, the, those two terms. He said he said, Oh, well my grammar checker looked at those and just substituted oh. one for the other. And I'm thinking, oh. you didn't even double check your grammar checker, you just let a computer tell you what to do, it's like oh man, so you really need a book coach and a developmental editor to help guide you along the way. But people are going to say, well how do I find one, who's a good one, well they don't have to be an expert in your subject, but they should be interested, they should have a wealth of information, and if they're referred by someone you know, like, and trust, so much the better. So they're not going to know more about you than your topic, but they Mm -hmm. may know enough to be. If they're not interested in your topic, then that's that's a clear sign. I mean, if someone comes to me and says, "I want to write a memoir about women and um, uh, the the problems they have," I'm not the right person, you know. If they're doing a book about relationships and parenting, I don't have kids, you know. I'd I'd be a really bad person for that. But any kind of Business topic, personal finance topic, even wellness and motivational and leadership topics. I'm at the top of the game because I've read lots of books in those areas, and I know what's topical and I know what isn't. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I know when you when you're stealing other people's stuff unintentionally. I might add, because you know people like Zig Ziglar and uh, Brian Tracy have uh, are brilliant, and they have quotes that have come into the the. the, Uh, The nomenclature, you know, give everyone, if you want to get what you want, give everyone what they want, or you're the sum of the five people that you hang around with. Those are famous quotes from very, very famous people who are no longer with us. And if you use those quotes without attribution, you're going to look like you're stealing, you know? So you want to have someone who knows what's going on to make sure your ideas are good, are relevant, uh, and are going to be evergreen so you can sell this book for a good long time.
1: I, I think that, that, that you're echoing a lot where I come from here, too, and that I think it's important for what in book coaching, which I do book coaching and book publishing coaching, you know, a little bit that I'm going to get that thing out there, that the you want someone who really is well read, who is really knowledgeable of what's going out there. I don't know about you, Dan. I read 50 to 100 books minimum a year. I mean, besides all the stuff I'm working on, that, that um, I, I did three books this past year, all in, in the opioid area. Let me tell you, I know a heck of a lot about opioids. And, and and what's going on, which if you talked to me two years ago, what the hell? So,
3: <laughs> you know,
1: um, but that you really want someone who is out there. It's so, so important and who will help guide you. I'd love to, I want to do a little add on your, the brainy quote thing. I believe, dear author, that you are the brainy quote. And I am not a fan of quoting dead old white men. I'm just, I, I, I am not a fan of it. I, if you've got that manuscript together in that, let me, one of the things that I do as a coach, I, when I'm going through, I am looking for the chewy sentences, the chewy lines, the chewy phrases within there thinking, damn, this would be a great lead. This would be a great lead for this chapter. I'm looking for things where you can quote yourself so that you don't have to worry about Zig Ziglar. <laughs> you don't have to worry about Brian. And I have to tell you, my favorite Brian Tracy, we, Brian and I were in Nightingale Conet. Do you remember them?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: A- a- in Chicago, taping, doing tapes. I was doing a tape on confidence. I had written a book called The Confidence Factor. And Brian was coming in the studios right after me. And he said, Judith, I love your book. I, I love I, I I refer to it all the time. I quote it all the time. And I said to Brian, well, I hope you give me credit.
2: <laughs> i love it yeah, i have to i have to play off that because uh, i was speaking to i told you about that nfl uh, uh author who's writing yeah. a book for student athletes yeah. and i told him about yeah. starting a, a chapter up with a quote because yeah. uh it, it inspires people and i really do believe that uh, yeah. and i said you don't want to have your old dead white people use the same line that you did and oh. so he came back to me and he shows me the first chapter and it is lyrics from rap songs and hip hop songs and, you know, Dr. Dre. And, and yeah. they're like, Oh my God, this is perfect. That's the audience he's reaching. They, they, they you know, they, they will respect someone in hip hop and music, whereas they won't know who Helen Keller is you know, uh, not going to inspire them or, or Thomas Edison. Yeah. 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 So I, I, he, he knew his audience and that. he got the right quotes that would inspire his audience. So, so again, so- that's where developmental editor comes in. I've had other clients who say, gee, well, if they didn't have coaching questions or they didn't have surveys or they didn't know what the wheel of life was uh, or they didn't know mm-hmm. other kinds of tools that you and I know about because mm-hmm. we've read so much and they only know what they know. They don't know what they don't know. And that's where a book coach and a developmental editor can come in and add real value that takes your book from good to great.
1: And And one of our jobs is to make you look great, by the way. That's our that's part of our job to make you as an author look really good, really, really good. Um, and that I, I think what's important and, you know, Dan, we haven't kissed on this. I know we have just We're so we're coming up to the, ah, the final thing here. But I think it's also important that you take a look at maybe some of the things that they've had their hands on that because I've been I don't know if you've experienced this, Dan, but I've actually seen some editors take over books that becomes their book. Um, And it's not in the voice of the author. And, you know, a lot of authors have great ideas. They just are crappy writers. Okay, so we're going to fix that for you. We'll fix that for you. But it's got to be in your language. It's got to be in your deal. So using going looping back to your your author who used rap and things like that, which I'm assuming, please, 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 please. You have written permission to use all that. You can't you can't use lyrics unless you get permission. That that would makes a difference in the book, Um, and it's relevant. So, just my two bits. We have a minute left. Dan, final final nugget from you.
2: Okay, Uh, you can write a book. Uh, A lot of people think you have to be a celebrity to write a book, and that's that's not the truth. I mean, you can go into Barnes (sighs) and Noble and and see this this. this, this area at the front of Barnes and Noble, every bookstore has this. They're the remainder books, the f- books for a dollar, books for five dollars, yeah. and it's Oprah, and it's Barack Obama, and it's every movie star you ever heard of, and yeah. every TV star, and every celebrity. Once they stop marketing, the, people can't give the books away. So you can write a book, and uh, it's up to you to market the book, but also have clear goals on what you want the book to do for you. And I'm sure that you can uh, do well and you can write your book in a flash.
1: Great. Dan, how do people get a hold of you?
2: Uh, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. I have a number of free resources there. You can get on my mailing list when you download any of my free resources. I do seminars all the time and challenges all the time so uh, for free, so you can get into those and learn even more about how to write your book in a flash.
1: All right, everyone. Have a great writing week. We'll see you next week. This is Judith Browles, It's Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing. And Dan, thank you so much for being with us.